quick record and see yeah. what happens. Yeah, you know, this is uh, welcome to Wednesday. Hump day. But for the listeners, it's Sunday. Oh, true. So, true. welcome to Sunday. Good morning. Yeah. Welcome <laughs> to the We Are Driven podcast where we equip you with the tools to succeed in your pursuit of excellence in business, fitness, and cars. This is episode 92. My name is Arun Kumar and I am the driver and I am here with my co-host, Dan LaRue. How are you, Dan? Good morning. I am feeling like $900,000. I'm almost at a million bucks. In- interesting quantification of your feelings. Yeah. You, you know, uh, this is going to be a fun topic uh, for me today. It's it's going to be pretty driven it's by me. It's the Dan show, yeah. It's the Dan show today. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll get more into that. But I, the only thing I'm fighting off is... Uh, just this tail end of this cold I've had for four weeks, and I'm getting very frustrated about it, but I'm feeling okay today. That's how it goes sometimes. Yeah, it, that, that one's really starting to piss me off. <laughs> well, if you're pissed off by this episode, share the show. If you're not pissed off by this episode, share the show. If you're still <laughs> listening, then please tell somebody else in your life I don't care who it is. Tell somebody else in your life about the We Are Driven podcast and encourage them to listen if you are continuing to listen because you're getting some value out of this and it would be irresponsible of you not to share the competitive edge, the motivation, the education, and the entertainment that you get from listening to us on a weekly basis. And we appreciate all of you who listen and who share it and who are continuing to grow our community because each new member of our community indicates that we are making the world a better place. Now, Dan, before we started recording, said that he had something hot off the press from last night. That would yeah. have been the 2nd of January. Yeah, so this, let's hear what you this got is for Automotive a, This is a hot, hot off the press <clears throat> news article. And I mean, it's wild. Arun, you know, you you like, you know, road course racing and it's kind of kind of your niche. Um in your opinion, what would constitute a large gap of time interval between cars? What would be a large gap to you? One second or less. How about twenty six seconds? Twenty six seconds. What and what's this? <laughs> So, <laughs> so Porsche uh, was testing a new Taycan okay. at the ring. Oh, geez. Okay. It, it beat the previous model by 26 seconds. The previous Taycan. The previous Taycan. And what Porsche was really doing was taking on the Plaid. It beat the Plaid by 17 seconds. Okay. The problem, though, is so you ask the question in what I would consider a competitive setting where you got vehicles all starting at the same time. Oh, sure. Uh, but also, the ring is a bit of an exception. Oh, sure. Because it's a seven, six, seven minute. It's a se- it's a seven minute track time for yeah. majority of these kind of cars. Present. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, th- so they're calling it the take on. Uh, GT or Turbo GT, uh, and it did the ring in seven minutes seven seconds, uh, whereas the the Model S Plaid did it in seven twenty five. Hmm. So it's quite out of battery by the end. <laughs> I oh excuse me, <laughs> excuse me about that. Triggered. Um, I it doesn't it doesn't say. Um, but or did the brakes overheat? Because that's another problem with these kind of cars. Uh, yeah, it, it it doesn't really go into any sort of that because it, like the article even says unclear if a new battery was installed or in, anything like yeah. that. Um, they're just saying that this Porsche will be uh, available to to buy in like 2025. Um, but the, right. I remember when the Plaid did 725 at the ring, it was a big deal. Hmm. Uh, so to see a, another EV doing it in s- j- just over seven minutes is right. wild to me. Like I, I, I guess I'm glad it's Porsche 
if anything, because we it know doesn't Porsche. surprise me. It's Porsche. <laughs> yeah, but also we know Porsche engineers are also doing alternative fuel technology mm-hmm. investment. So for them to be so boastful about an EV thing, it 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 is kind of diluted by their their other engineering pursuits, which I'm, sure. I'm happy to you know point out in this context. Yeah. Yeah, that is the hot off the press auto <clears throat> racing news that I really was like, holy shit, that is a big drop in time. That is a big drop. That, that's yeah. a, but is it, I mean, what's wh- the, that's the EV record, I assume, is what uh, we're talking no. about here? Mm-mm, it's oh. not. Um, the EV record goes to the Rimac. Uh, at seven oh five. Ooh, so wow, that's so close. it's it's close. <laughs> uh, the the, the thing is though is like you have to look at it as what's really obtainable by the general market. And while a Porsche Taycan is going to be expensive as shit, uh, it it's more purchasable than a Rimac. Yeah. And probably more drivable yeah. every day. True. Absolutely. Yeah. Fair enough. But uh, Porsche is good at this kind of stuff also. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah. Give credit on that one. Uh, the Porsche did have minor modifications. Uh, it, it did have oh. uh, it did have a set of racing buckets and a roll cage to make it safe. And stiffen it. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming it needed it. <laughs> so Yeah, that's fast. Yeah, that's I mean, that, that, that is fuck. Yeah. ridiculously fast. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I'm actually going to skip the the other topic that I was going to bring up (laughs) because this is a good segue into what I would like you to appraise for this week. Oh, great. It's a Porsche. So let's get right into it. You have a 14,000 mile 1994 911 speedster. Okay. It is black on black. One of 427 in the U.S., one of 936 in the world, and it's a triple black car. So black convertible roof, black interior, black paint, 17-inch wheels, 14,000 miles, five-speed manual, 3.6 flat six classic Porsche engine. And I don't really know much about this car, but it does have a certificate of authenticity from Porsche themselves. Man, I have a hard time with Porsches from this era. And I don't know very much about these at all, obviously. Um, uh, but the little bit of <clears throat> additional help that I hope I have given you on this one is it is a alumni of this auction platform. So yeah. it was last sold in April of 2020, which, you know, April of 2020, you could say was a, a, a deflated market. At $147,000. Yeah, I just... It's a clean car. I do like it. Um, but I also don't like it at the same time. I, I think that this year frame and this body style looks better with a hard top than it does with the top down. Yeah. and, and It's I don't just even not know. my favorite look. It's just very early 90s. Uh, I don't know what the speedster i mean i guess it's just saying it's a convertible uh, i but it's I, not maybe, a targa it, yeah it's, it doesn't I, I have the back half of the roof that comes up over the like the rear of the yeah car. i'm not entirely sure on that too but th- that would be my guess yeah is that it's got something to do with the top yeah so um, what do you think what do you think and it's already at 139 grand yeah Hmm, that's black. So a good color. Oh man, dude, there's a wide variety of costs on these. Oh wait, never mind. That's not even close. It's, <laughs> you're looking at it's not even the different... same car. It, it's, ah. it's di- <laughs> the comps on this are whacked out because they're not the same. Yeah, this that's this is a murky market. With all yeah, but different... well, because they they also classify the the 2019 911 Speedster at it, oh. as the same thing yeah that makes sense um but it's it is speedster. because of the drop top 100 percent. um man one sold in november at uh 238 grand 
Yikes. So, but as we're we're about to get into, there is a big big penalty in our competition for overbidding compared to underbidding based yeah. on the way that we calculate our our. Um, our said 139 with four hours ago. Um, man, I don't want to say it's going to go up 20 grand in four hours, but it's kind of how it feels. So you're saying 160? I was going to go like one. I was going to go like 158 ish, but I don't know if that's as high as I want to go. That is you could go lower. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think I might want to go lower. I just don't. Another 94 went for 142 in December. Hmm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 149. I'm just. I'm gonna shoot low on it. I. That's. The markets looks to be pretty volatile on these. Now. I want to do two things here in the interim. So one, you texted me before we got on this recording and said, ooh, I just found a car I never knew I wanted. Yep. Do I get to know what it is before my guess or is it my guess? It's your guess. Okay, then I'll hold (laughs) off on that. The other thing is uh, let's talk about last two weeks of guesses because we recorded in weird order and so we're two weeks behind. So, Dan, you gave me a weird blue M2 a couple weeks ago, six speed. Yeah. And I guessed 65 grand and it went for 60. So, I totally forgot about that car. Yeah. <laughs> what a forgettable car that one is. It was. It just was. You uh, know? Yeah. <laughs> and so that was a difference of 8%. And then uh, I gave you a Chevy K10 being sold by Park Place Limited in Seattle. Oh, yeah, the K10. You guessed 50 grand. It went for 41,500. Yeah, I overbid that So you were off by 20%. Then uh, you gave me the diesel low-mile Ram 2500 Cummins. I guessed 37. It went for 42,758. So I was 13% off. That was expensive. Yeah, that is expensive for an old truck. <laughs> You're right. Uh, 13% off. And I gave you the pink 968 Porsche. Oh, yeah. That thing was <laughs> hot. Yeah. You guessed 62,500. It went for 66,500. So that was a pretty good guess. You were good off by guess. 6%. But at this point, I was actually in the lead very, oh, very briefly. This yeah, has happened the twice. The Blazer screwed me. <laughs> The the K10 truck? Oh, yeah, the K10 truck. Yeah. yeah. But you were only off by 20%. But in today's competitive world, that's a big number. Yep. Now, the last one that I <laughs> that accidentally did. got you and and I I didn't know the ramifications that were gonna come from this one. <laughs> it hurt. It hurt. Yeah. A lot. I I so, I felt bad for you because I was like, I didn't realize how weird this car was. Yeah. So you gave me the 1989 190E Evo 1 Mercedes. One of the coolest cars I've seen on Bring a Trailer in a long time. Like, I really thought that was cool. It was cool, but it was in the Netherlands, and I guess it was much harder to import than we thought. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess 90 grand, which was low. That was really low, actually, compared to comps. It went for $46,000. Yeah, I, I don't even know if... Did it even hit reserve? No, no, no. no yeah, I was going to say, uh, yeah, yeah. I was say, there's no way it did. But, so we have a problem here. Yeah, like I, was, I just alluded to. Yeah. The way in which we calculate our percentage off is using the actual final hammer price as the denominator of the percentage calculation. So... When you have a smaller number in the denominator, it means that the overall number is going to be bigger. So I was off by 96% on this one. <laughs> so, Yeesh. ouch. 
Ouch. Just I'm a little so, bit of I'm an ouch. I'm so sorry. 96% off because I was $44,000 <laughs> off out of $46,000 for the total bid. Oh, I'm so sorry. Now, you were off actually by a larger percentage on the basis of your guess, but not on the basis of the actual bid for your Designo Slate Blue. That car was dumb. It was a dumb it's car. So dumb. Yeah. It was it was this stupid convertible Mercedes that nobody wanted, but everybody wanted. And yeah. And guessed. I don't even remember what the, the bid was at when we guessed, but it was like forty five hundred dollars. Yeah, it was low. <laughs> it was low. And I'm yeah. like, there's no way. Like this thing is ugly. And Arun and I were texting back and forth later. It was like, it's just a weird Corvette thing that just is it's a worse German than a C four. Yeah. yeah. You see, <laughs> yeah. It's like, but why okay. would anybody want this? And then- so, so you guessed six thousand two hundred and fifty dollars, and you were off. <laughs> yeah, you were off by six thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars because it went for thirteen grand. Yeah, it was like, what the fuck happened here? Like, but what so is this? because you underbid, which I think this is the right way to be doing this sort of scorekeeping because overbidding technically does carry a bigger consequence than underbidding. Just in no one real, wants to overpay. Yeah, in the real world, you you get stuck with it when you overpay. You don't get yep. stuck with it when you underpay. You just don't get it. The consequences are greater when you overbid, and that is the rules of our game here. So you were only off by 52% <laughs> yeah. because of that. But still, we both got rocked by some old Mercedes last yeah, week. Yeah, <laughs> those Mercedes, man. Weird yeah. cars. Yep. So currently, my average is twenty two point six one percent. Dan's average twenty point zero four percent, and the delta well, still pretty close. The delta there, I mean, it's close, but I was in the lead before that last yeah. one, so that hurts. Sorry, I'm sorry. All right, what do you got for me? All right, this is a weird nineteen eighties car <laughs> <laughs> that you didn't know you wanted. So I'm just I did this, I didn't know I wanted this. I'm just gonna I would judge the like, shit out of you for this. Like I I knew these existed. Uh, I, I I didn't realize how much like I want this car today. Kind of okay, thing. I'm curious. Um, it's buyable. I think maybe. Oh, so it's some low dollar thing. <laughs> no, it's not. It's it's okay. it's okay. not. Um, I, this thing. Could go for more than where it's at now. Um, it's a 1986 Ford Escort RS Turbo. Okay. Uh, it's uh, got two days ago. It's at 21,555. It's white on gray. Um, I love this thing. I, it's just, it's the 80s rally car. Um, it's a turbocharged 1.6 liter inline four, five speed manual. Uh, I just think it looks really cool. Hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's an very clean rally car. It's it has a clean. monstrosity of a turbo. Yeah. In this thing. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's hiding under the the intake. Yeah. I, t- typical eighties <laughs> stuff. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, hello, you can't right. cover me up completely. I am two square feet of air motherfucker yeah. uh, but it, it is currently in wiki Waki, florida i saw that Waki. Uh, yeah looks a uh, great name but i just think that this thing is very clean uh i would drive the crap out of this i think it just is beautiful and just different um even the underside it shows this really beautiful shot of the exhaust and it's just it's clean I love all the British people on here. Are just well, I mean, yeah, because I mean, this comments. is the height of British rally car racing, really. Yeah. So this car is actually famous for being easy to steal. Also, <laughs> oh well, lock it in the garage. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's it's low miles. It's a cool little thing. It's just different, and like I just really didn't realize how much I wanted a, an Escort from the eighties. <laughs> So I saw this car and I'm like, man, I could buy that as it sits right now. And I I would do it in a heartbeat. But I think, in my opinion, I think that bid goes up quite a bit. So, yikes. I agree. I 
Yeah, I'm curious to know what you think. See if we're in the same ballpark. I agree, but you know, the last one of these that went went in 2019. Yeah, it's five grand. Wow, that thing must have been clapped. (laughs) Had to be. But then, yeah, 2022, a non-turbo version went for five grand. But the basically, it doesn't have the word Cosworth in it, so people like it a lot. Well, neither does this one. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yikes, I'm scared. I'm scared of this because, one. Yeah, because technically it's not a Cosworth. Because that didn't come till the 90s. I'm guessing 35. That's kind of where I was at. I was like, I could see this being a $40,000 car. Easily. And after last week, I'm just trying to be a little careful. <laughs> yeah, I, I could, I, my guess would have been forty. Okay. Uh, okay. so we're we're in the same same general ballpark there, because I, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. I just think that one's clean, and it's definitely a. Uh, if you just put it in escort into that search bar, there's not one from that year frame that's ever been right. sold. Right. A lot of Cosworths <laughs> though. And those My are God, those, some real money. Those are beautiful too, though. Yeah, yeah, a, a lot of Cosworths. But they don't even make cars like that anymore. No, they really. don't. They, they they act. They really don't. Yeah. Um, I think I was. I think Subaru is trying to with the current WRX, but it mm. I, it's not landing. So I, two cars that I owned in the UK were kind of like this. I had a Mark One Octavia VRS, which is a Golf GTI in a slightly bigger body with a with a long version hatchback so it had it was a hatchback technically like the the rear window went up with the trunk but it was shaped more like a sedan so it was like a horizontal rear window but it had a wiper on the rear window Mm. four seats four doors five seats four doors five speed 1.8 with a downpipe and an intake and a cool turbo noises Okay. I like that car. Yeah. And I bought it for 900 pounds. Like That's cheap. part of why I liked it. Super yeah. cheap. Super cheap to maintain also. Yeah. Um, and then before that, I had the Cooper 280, which was the the other hot hatch. But that was like 350 front-wheel drive horsepower. Yeah, it's a little different, yeah. It, that thing was a rocket. <laughs> uh, but both of them, you know, cool little front-wheel drive manual hatchback thingies that are cheap and and that's certainly lacking in the american car market for sure right okay so um just before we go on i've got a psa oh got a psa here so 2024 i i think a lot of our listeners will already be aware from other influencers that they watch in the world that we're predicting 2024 to be a very tumultuous and chaotic year in terms of some sort of manufactured disruption that may come from the the powers that be in our society. So if that is what we are expecting, what are we going to do about it? You have one option because individually you do not have enough amassed power to stop that power that is. But individually, you can do everything in your power to become less dependent on anything. You have to become less dependent on anything in order to survive. But that's just one piece of this equation. I think that is the piece that you hear a lot of right now that this is the time to make something of yourself because after 2024, you may not get the chance. That's what we're all hearing. If you are in the same channels that I'm in, in in the world. Yep. It's, um, it's going to be a year, especially as we get closer to November. Yes. It's, uh, the election you're referring to. Yeah. Yeah. The, the election, (laughs) um, then you've got, freaking china over the new year's weekend kind of hinting at war which is like no 
it's scary for my business. So it's kind of, you know, one of those things that you got to shield yourself from the problem. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we were fortunate enough to shield ourselves from uh, the COVID problem. Uh, but, you know. We we made it through. Yeah, that. we made it. Yeah, we made it. Yeah. But, and, and I don't know about this you, could, this This portion of it, I know what you're talking about, and it could be way worse and way bigger. Yeah, but this is not all that I'm talking about. So yeah. So, I don't know about you, but I experienced a shitload of societal division. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. arguments with family all over oh, the yeah. place, arguments mm-hmm. with friends, people I don't talk to anymore. And in some ways I'm, I'm glad because it filtered out people that I did not really need to associate with anymore. But on the other hand, there are loved ones who I didn't agree with for a long period of time. And it resulted in a lot of strife and arguments and oh, disagreements yeah. and not seeing them and not talking to them. And that is is still painful to I think know. back on it, that. It, it's wild that, that, you know, there are friends and family that you lose connection with because... You, you don't know, agree. You, you just don't agree. Yeah. But what I want you to do that, then is because we are predicting something similar to and potentially worse than COVID to come across our headlines and and our lives this year, you can be prepared for it and you can have the conversations you need to have and have the mindset prepared to not divide your circle. If you need to divide your circle, it is to stop wasting time with people who will never come around to what's really happening in the world. Yep. And for all the rest of us, all the little shit, all the little disagreements, whether it's about race or abortion or homosexuality, I don't really care. It does not matter. Those little things do not matter compared to the livelihood of our society. And if you, in general, agree with each other on the big picture and the fact that there are a small number of people who are controlling society on the biggest level, then we can all agree that it's, we can accept each other's differences, smaller differences in exchange for ultimate survival and prosperity in the future of our lives. So that is my quick interlude in, in today's episode, but I do now want to sort of revert back to what the first point was. And the first point is reducing your dependency on others and on artificial aspects of your life. And Dan, through your experience of the past couple of weeks, I think you have some revelations and lessons learned yeah. from your experiences to share with our listeners on this subject. Yeah. Um, if you've listened to uh, the last two weeks of episodes, um, I, I kind of hinted at that um, I lost a part of my body. Um, and I don't know what Arun's going to title this, but uh, I, I titled our outline as Gallbladder Stones Suck, Be Nice to Your Body. And um, essentially... I had my gallbladder removed. It's gone. No longer have it in my body. And um, for about a year, maybe a little over a year, I was having a constant pain in then like my diaphragm area. It was just kind of blowing it off and just letting it do its thing. I was like, oh, it'll get better with time. You know, it, it, I got to stay away from certain foods. Um, and then there was five or six times throughout the entire year where it full on attacked me. Where it would it would it would flare up like right at midnight, and I'd be up until four in the morning, just dealing with searing pain, uh, so much pain across the diaphragm that it would take your breath away. Um, hmm. Not not fun at all. Um, and then the uh, the Friday before Christmas, or no, I'm sorry, 
No, I think that's right. No, no, no. It wasn't the Friday before Christmas. The Friday before that, um, I was really bad that day. Um, I I had uh, I had some pizza for lunch, and it was some of the best pizza I had in a long time. And as I was eating it, I I literally said to myself, "I'm going to pay for this later." Little did I know, by 8 p.m., I would be on the living room floor in searing pain, tapping out, saying, I'm going to the emergency room. It was that bad. Like, I, I could not breathe. I was dealing with whatever cold I have um, on top of that pain and uh, ended up in the emergency room till like, 2 in the morning. It was, you know, a great time. I had my whole family there with me, you know, I had... had Heather and Hadley, we were just hanging out, doing our thing, and uh, come to find out, I had uh, three gallstones, uh, about a centimeter and a half in diameter, um, so fairly large, that were uh, blocking my gallbladder. So, lessons learned. What? Sorry, what is a gallbladder? So, a gallbladder is... Um, it's pretty much storage for bile that your liver creates. And that bile gets secreted into your intestine to break down fatty foods, essentially. Okay. Uh, it, it's not needed. It's just helpful for uh, digestion if you're eating a fatty diet. Okay. Like, like, if, like for me, now that it's gone, uh, bacon could very much screw my system up i haven't tried it yet we'll see i'm a little hesitant with that one um so it's not needed because the liver you know because the liver always whether you have your gallbladder or not has a pathway to secrete that bile in it's just your gallbladder was a reserve Okay, so it is a reserve of digestive enzymes. Yes, going between your liver and your intestines. Correct. Yep. Okay, and so you had uh, pretty severe and substantial blockages within that organ. Yep. Meaning that that bile was not being secreted into your intestines. Um, it's very possible that was happening. Um, it, it's it's hard to say because like, depending on like how it shifts it can block it um it, it just kind of depends I, it may have happened it may not have they didn't really say how does how does the pain come it in? just it, the stones just create irritation and colic um and then like if you eat anything like high grease or like super spicy um or high fat it just irritates it more mm. I don't know the science behind it. I just know it does. Okay. Okay. And then the easiest path out of that situation that you found yourself in is just to remove it. Yeah. Typically, anyone in this situation, uh, a doctor will want you to remove it. Um, There are other solutions, but I don't really hear of them happening all that often Mm. i i don't don't know if they're just less effective or what like you can you can have like oral dissolution therapy methyl tert butyl eth yeah all sorts (laughs) of weird (laughs) like technical term stuff like you can have shockwave therapy uh but yeah it typically it's just remove it okay because the likelihood of you having them and then getting them again is high. It's it's no different okay. than having a kidney stone. Okay. So, you know, that that happened. You are now without a gallbladder. Yeah, it's gone. That is a, a consequence, really, for the yeah. rest of your life. Yeah, because um, it, it, it will change my diet. Yeah. But it's, a, it, it's also, you know, your physiological function has, has been required to change a bit yes so so yeah let's talk about what what you learned yeah so the number one lesson on this um is stay in shape and don't be sedentary because those two things are number one and two on the list of things that can give you gallstones 
Um, because the gallstone, it, it's, I think out of the majority of them, they're cholesterol based. Um, so if you're not eating well and you're not active, things aren't moving through your system the, the way that they should. And when I went 10 years almost of just not doing what I should be and eating like an absolute crazy person, <laughs> these things are going to happen to you. Um, it, 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 so like that's, that's number one is be active. Go do the minimum that the American Heart Association says you should do a week. Do something. Don't do nothing. Um, but yes, staying in shape is number one on the list, which I totally believe. And we've <clears throat> we've talked a number of times on this podcast about what that really looks like. And it's it's just a combination of exercise and nutrition. Yeah. And then on the other side, you know, if you don't want the other kinds of stones, kidney stones, drink water. Exercise, nutrition, and hydration. <laughs> yes. Because I, I have a kidney stone right now, too, and it's super fun. And it'll pass it's eventually. A result of hydration or lack hydration. Of, yeah. yeah. I don't, who knows how long it's been there? Um, I'll just be over here drinking some water as we talk. Yeah. So with, you know, staying in shape and staying away from obesity, um, I had read, you know, some things on, on what could have caused gallstones for me. And I knew the first point was one of them for sure. Uh, but the second point I thought was really interesting. Um, fasting, uh, a, a diet where you're fasting may not be the best choice if you have gallbladder issues uh, because it slows down gallbladder movement. So when you have like all of these things that are being secreted into that bladder and they're not moving and they're just staying sedentary, it, it crystallizes and creates stones. Hmm. Um, that makes and I, sense. I, 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 yeah, and I'm one of those people who's notorious for eating dinner at six o'clock and then not eating until noon the next day. So, mm -hmm. so it, it almost doesn't surprise me. Um, so you have to choose your diet wisely, um, and, and how you eat and when you eat. Um, and speaking of those diets, have some good ones. Uh, cause I referred to those stones being, uh, high, you know, cholesterol based. So anything that like this high in cholesterol, you're probably more likely to get a stone cause you're, cause your liver, like the bile it secretes is already cholesterol filled. So then you're adding cholesterol filled food and like, you're just sending your body into oversaturation yeah, almost, yeah. An oversaturation like so stay away from the fried foods the fast foods uh unfortunately the red meats every now and then you know you just gotta you know stay away from the stuff that's gonna jack your system up or, or eat, eat in moderation like small amounts of that high enriched fat cholesterol food it's just not good. And I, I would just say, just make the decision for yourself. Are you going to willfully poison yourself and to what end? Right. Um, and that was always a question for me with drinking mm -hmm. that I now realize had no end. There was no reason, no justification that I could possibly conjure up that would make it worthwhile right and the same goes for certain foods oh food's know? the same way 100 percent. and if you take the opportunity to sort of cleanse your body of the normal poisonous food that's out there and you instead stick with hey this is clean this is real foods whatever it is and then you go back and try to eat that other food, you'll recognize how shit it is for you because of how you feel afterwards. And it, yeah, I say how bad it makes you feel. It's it's like once a year, and I'm I'm notorious for doing this. I probably will never do it again since my gallbladder is removed. I would have a Wendy's Baconator once a year, 
just because I really liked them. But afterwards, it would always make me feel like crap. Mm-hmm. Just that like bubbly sensation in your stomach. Like it just is not sitting right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'll probably never do that again now. I think that would make me very sick now. <laughs> but then, <laughs> that's, yeah. Yes. It's funny to me because just the the idea of like, yeah, I want to try that again. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, just like I want to. It, t- it tastes really good in the moment, but afterwards, oh yeah. my god! Yeah. And you're so you're weirdly so excited yeah. to do that completely damaging shit to yourself. Yeah, it, it yeah, it clearly it is because it has an effect on me every time I do it. Yeah, but yeah, now now I don't even think I could process it. Yeah, I, think I am be upset. I'll give another example: is is when I would eat a pint of ice cream at a time. Mm. and the next day just be unable to function just my nose running nonstop. my head hurts the sugar shock i can't think my digestive Mm. system's all fucked up you know all the things yep oh man i can't it's amazing what we convince ourselves to do right for the it's, in the name of dopamine <laughs> is what it is, right? I want this baconator because it's going to feel really good for about it's twenty taste seconds. Really good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, and you die for the next day or two. Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, you know, I, and I'm now like I'm, I'm very hesitant to eat a lot of things now, mm-hmm. and and. Heather has has caught me a couple times just not eating, and I'm just like I don't know like if I'm even hungry. Like right. I I just like I tell her I'm like I'm not sure what's gonna make me sick, and I don't want to be sick. Right. So it's just it's kind of one of those games of like, what does Dan want his diet to be now, and what can it actually be? Right. And you, if you. So here is a is a key point, which is if you take the approach of saying, I had my gallbladder removed and I can't eat what I want to eat anymore, so I'm just going to not eat anything or I'm going to eat cardboard and I hate my life. Or you <laughs> say, fuck it. And you just go, I am not going to change anything. Yeah, go right back to it. <laughs> yeah. Either situation is... is Yeah, you can't polarize yourself into... Bo- yeah either direction you have to find the middle but still be healthy but those are still weirdly in the short term those are the easier paths right the harder path is experimenting yeah figuring out what you can eat but also being disciplined enough to both do your science experiments appropriately. well I, I know ham and eggs are okay because you've we, eaten ham and eggs. I, yeah, we, we had some breakfast on New Year's Day, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try some some eggs uh, over medium yeah. and some fried ham with them and see how it goes. There you go. You're still here. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm still here. The ham yeah. was good. So. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, that that's what it's going to be, is that slow process. And it's not even slow. It's like a year of experimentation. Pretty, pretty and much. you can set yeah. yourself up for the rest of your life. Yep. Um, yeah, so I think if you're going to take anything away from this, I I would really say, listen to your body. Um, you know, if you're in pain, go see a doctor or a specialist, some, somebody that might be able to give you an answer. Don't wait a year like me. Don't let it go because that it, those gallstones could have killed me hmm. like like i know somebody in our industry who just went through this where his gallbladder went septic on him and it almost killed him right so and this is recent this is in november so had one of those stones got lodged in a way that really screwed up my gallbladder i i may not be talking to you now yeah so, like, really listen to your body, and I'm not talking about just like gallstones. Like, if you if if your shoulder hasn't been feeling right for a year, or or you're getting constant headaches, like, don't put it off. Don't don't say, oh well, I I 
my insurance doesn't cover this and I don't want to pay for that. Like just find a way because being healthy and being at, at your best means more than anything else. This, not only to you and what you want to do professionally, but also for your family. Can can we talk a little bit more about what your behavior was like before? Because you said 10 years of not exercising like you should have been mm-hmm. and eating you know, like crazy. But I know that that's not necessarily how it felt on a day-to-day basis. Like you weren't out here just pounding, you know, Baconators every day. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> so what did it really look like? Cause I think that this is, this is what's the most relatable to a lot of people. Um, with the gallbladder issues. Um, well, and just, you know, what, what was your, what behavior do you think you were engaged in? Oh, for a sustained period of time that got you where you got. Oh, I, yeah, I would say that behavior, a lot of it um, stems from laziness in a lot of ways. Um, I'm not afraid to admit that, that, you know, a lot of in in my opinion and from what I've seen and with myself is that when you're eating like crap, it's a lot of the time due to laziness and not seeking the right path to the right things to eat and if you're not willing to cook for yourself you're going out and doing takeout you know like i've seen that and what it does to people and then that leaches into the rest of the things that you're doing in life you know you're not taking care of yourself you're not taking care of work you're not taking care of other things um so i think that behavior style you know you you become sluggish in a, in a, in a way um just because you're not you're not seeking the harder path like you were talking about you're going to the opposite side of the spectrum um because I, I i'll be first to tell anyone i don't really like to cook can i do it yes do i'd like to no right. <laughs> i'm impatient about it yep same and and the alternative is the drive-thru or yeah the drive-thru or, or grubhub uber eats you right. know so and and that's not even to say that every option that you have through those methods is that bad. Right. But it's just once oh, you get I in know- that cycle of bad though, I mean it it's it's just like any other addiction. But so it's were you were break. you doing that kind of thing every day or three days a week or Oh, that was everyday occurrence, especially for lunch at work. Mm-hmm. Every day, I, I'm not one to pack lunches to for work or anything like, like that. Like your uh, your pizza ex- <laughs> escapade that day, dude. That basically. was yeah, and that was a coworker coming in and saying, "Hey, I want I want to grab some pizza for lunch," and I'm like, "Fuck yeah, bro! Throw down, let do it." <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. like, man, we haven't had this one in a while, and I got it. I'm like, "Whoa, it looks good," and it was, and <laughs> probably some of the best pizza I had in a long time. And I, yeah. I, I love pizza. <laughs> maybe not anymore though we'll, we'll see i haven't had it since and and i think that that is such a such a common theme or behavior for yeah. americans especially well, yeah it, it, and it stems from all sorts of different things like it stems from laziness it stems from people thinking that they don't have the money to eat right you know yep. like whereas you can eat right on low budget and it's it's how much do you want to prioritize your health? Yeah. If you don't have your health, what do you have? You're never gonna. You're not gonna nothing. last long. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> yeah, and, and and that's and that's why I say you got to listen to your body. If things are wrong, it it will tell you. Yeah. And I yeah. wasn't listening. I was being stubborn and saying I don't want to go because I don't want to spend the money. Yeah. Now look, I'm spending the money anyway. And and more, yeah, yeah. More. I, paying my <laughs> out of pocket for my insurance. There you go. Thank, thank yeah. you. <laughs> Good insurance. But yeah, I mean, okay. The same thing goes for cars. This yeah, is, we're gonna go here. The automotive service <laughs> industry compares is starting to compare itself a lot to the medical industry or the dentistry mm-hmm. industry, but. The difference is in the medical industry, people have insurance. Yeah. Where they are 
not needing to make decisions based on their health on their wallet or with their wallet. They instead just say, oh yeah, okay, yeah, sure, I'll get the x-rays. You know, we got x-rays for our dog recently. It was $1,400 out of pocket. Yeah. (laughs) Just for x-rays that said, nope, nothing's broken. And yeah, I mean, that is what is happening. And the same goes for cars. If you do not maintain your car, eventually you need a motor. Yeah. But instead of spending, you know, $100, $150 every three, four months on an oil change in four years and 25,000 miles without an oil change or with shitty oil changes for 40 bucks, you're buying a $10,000 engine. Yeah. I I was literally having this conversation with an online friend yesterday. Mm. He's, you know, he has a Chevy cruise and it's at like 90 K and they were suggesting like, spark plugs clean the fuel system do a throttle body inspection while he does his oil change and i was like yeah like professional opinion i think you could probably get away with not doing half that stuff but should you probably if they're suggesting it like just like how much is it and he tells me the dollar amount of like just if you got the money just pay it just do it yeah you're talking to a guy who does all of their intervals early (laughs) right so like you're always gonna be an advocate for maintenance right like literally asking that question like should i and i'm like yeah probably yeah so it's funny it's funny funny literally having that conversation with somebody like just do it so think about it that way think about if you didn't have insurance what would you do with your car or with your body so that you wouldn't have to spend the big dollars out of pocket I I mean I'll be up front. My surgery was fifty grand. Yeah, like I don't have fifty grand to dump into myself. Like, jeez, <laughs> we would have. I would have figured it out. But damn, right. Put that on all your credit cards. <laughs> I, I just well, it, that that just terrifies me for the rest of society who doesn't have insurance. Like, it's just scary. But different they conversation. Just, they just die. Yeah. like straight up that's that's why i know happens. it's crazy you know it's crazy. like if, it's a if whole you, different conversation though <laughs> like, there was a dude yesterday who came into my shop that couldn't afford or could barely afford the 50 dollar uber vehicle inspection fee because oh, he needs man. to start driving uber because yep. his one of his jobs his paychecks aren't coming in on time and it's like he he literally gave me everything out of his wallet and it was 47 dollars <sighs> oh That's I need I say more no. like and that it, yeah he's just crazy very 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 unhealthy on top of that yeah like so you know that's that's what it is for today do you I think you got one more uh point? yeah I um just be prepared to change if you know this happens to you um it, it's very painful um you know, you will have it removed and you'll either get, you know, the four small incisions that I got, one on my belly button, one on my sternum and two on my side, or you'll be completely cut open on your side and you'll be in the hospital for a few days and yeah. it won't be fun at all. Um, and your diet will change. Uh, I, like I said, I, I've been experimenting uh, with some different kinds of foods, trying to figure out what's going to upset my digestive system and what won't. Um just so it it's it's going to be a process for me to kind of figure out what are the things that I liked that I can no longer have and you know how do I adjust diets to find some new things that I do like that are on the healthier side of the spectrum it's just it's going to be a balancing act and and it's it's shown me I need to change you know for the better for my own health cuz who knows what else could go wrong if I continue down the same path. Next thing yeah. you know, it's my heart or my lungs or my brain who like, you just don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it scared me a little bit because I don't like going into surgery. So he does. Yeah. Yeah. But just be prepared yeah. to change yourself. And for anyone who at, who is asking themselves, like, isn't he a little young? Uh, no, it can happen to anybody at any age. 
Um, it's just more prevalent in women over the age of 40 for some reason. So, But you are pretty young. I am pretty young. I, I, that was the first question I asked in the ER was, am I a little young for this? Like, I'm like, I'm 29. And, and uh, she goes, no, I, I just saw a 16 year old with it last week. So it's, I, I know people like majority will be over 60 in that range. Women Mm. over the age of 40 for sure. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, it can happen to anybody. Bad diet, just out of bad luck. I, I mean, I'm getting kidney stones, too, and I'm drinking water, so I don't... I don't know. So Just a gravel pit, I guess. <laughs> that's, that's the thing, though, is if you take responsibility for yourself, as you have done in this podcast, then you are minimizing the chances of these kind of things happening. If you do what, if you experiment with yourself, you do what feels the best over a sustainable period of time in a sustainable way. You do what is making you feel healthier. You will do better as a human being. Yeah. (laughs) It's that simple. I think we all want to do better and we all want to live long, healthy lives of capability and that's what we promote here. Yeah. I mean, I sure shit want to do better after this. Yeah. I felt terrible being down for four or five days and not being able to help around the house and really work and use my noodle. Uh, but man, these last few days after it being out and feeling better, oh my God, do I feel better at work. 900 oh, grand worth. Yeah. I, it's the cold. It's the cold. I got to get rid of this gosh dang cough. Oh, I thought you... Okay, I thought you were going on boost weather. (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? The Audi's flying in this weather out here. (laughs) It better be. Yeah, it's cold. (laughs) It's cold. Yeah, unrelated to your sickness. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, say it's uh, it's night and day. Um, still some residual soreness, bruising's gone, scabbing's falling off, but I'm doing much, much better. So happier. And you will be doing better for a long period of time because of what you have learned. And so I hope that all of you listening have learned something from this episode. I know I have. And if you (laughs) struggling with my own transitions, here, (laughs) (laughs) if you want to learn more about what we do with, we are driven where we're promoting maximum physical capability, maximizing your health and fitness and pursuing excellence in fitness along with business and cars and entrepreneurship or not and racing your car or not and just owning something cool, chasing your passion in every form that it takes. You can find us on YouTube. We're at The Driven Diary, capturing weekly vlogs of what's going on in my life with my personal car collection with my businesses and every shenanigan that comes along with it we have this podcast we have the discord server where the most driven among us are discussing the pursuit of excellence in business fitness and cars every single day in a global group text basically yeah and and just want to throw this out there if you want to play the uh, auction bidding game with us. We've uh, started to do that a little bit with all the other members and getting absolutely destroyed by Andy. Yeah. Andy's quite good. (laughs) Yeah. Like I mean, he goes to auctions every day. I hope so. So So come come challenge him. Somebody better than Andy. Come beat him. Yes, definitely. He's just over there. Just, being quiet like oh i think it'll do this yeah just nonchalant (laughs) just throws a number out is off by like 500 bucks i'm like you're a dick like you couldn't let us have any fun Uh, and uh if you want to connect with each of us on the internet to get directions to any of those platforms that we just mentioned where can dan be found i can be found on facebook and linkedin at dan larue uh it's where i'll be the most available to answer and i'm uh, dan underscore larue on instagram and i am arun d kumar on instagram and arun kumar on facebook and linkedin and that is all we've got for today 
We appreciate you listening. This has been Arun and Dan. And until next time, stay driven.